0: Now we come to the preaching of God's holy word. And so if you would turn with me to Psalm 46, Psalm 46, I would like to read it in its entirety. A psalm that I think many of us are quite familiar with. We've even heard this preached in the past on one, at least one occasion I've, I recall here. Maybe others have preached it as well here and definitely elsewhere. And so here, God's word. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore will not we fear, though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains swell with the The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Selah. Come, behold the works of the Lord. What desolations he hath made in the earth. He maketh wars to cease unto the end of the earth. He breaketh the bow and cutteth the spear in sunder. He burneth the chariot in the fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Selah. Let's pray. Father, we ask for understanding of your scriptures because we know that this is the word of the living God and we know that the gospel is the power of God and the salvation to everyone that believes. In Jesus' name, amen. God, our RSVP helper. You know what RSVP is? You don't have to be French to know it, although I did take a semester of of French. Respondez, s'il vous plaît. Anyone can correct me? I think that's the correct pronunciation. Respond, please. Put it in plain English. Respond to my invitation, to my birthday party. We've had a few birthdays this year, or this month. Or to the men's fellowship. Or respond um, to the invitation to the ladies' fellowship. Or to the ladies' prayer time. Or respond to my invitation to come to church. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. There are three RSVPs in Psalm 140, sorry, Psalm forty-six. There are three RSVPs. There are three responde vous plays in Psalm forty-six. The first is sila or sila, sila. See that in this psalm thrice over. Um, crosswalk.com says the word sila, sila itself indeed causes us to pause and consider what God may be saying even when we don't fully understand. Silah silah gives us an opportunity to take a moment away from this crazy, busy, nonstop life and consider the immense mysteries and wonders of God. Three times over, we see Silah, verse 3, verse 7, and verse 11. Doesn't it say somewhere in the Bible, in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established? Although one is enough. What are we to silah or ponder about God? In this case, we are to ponder how he is our RSVP helper when we are in trouble. RSVP helper. Uh, R stands for Refuge. S stands for strength, V stands for very, and P stands for present, RSVP. Got it? God, our RSVP helper, when we are in trouble. Though the earth be removed, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof, earthquakes, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, volcanic eruptions and cataclysmic Destruction from those eruptions. Though the waters thereof roar and be troubled. Storms and typhoons and hurricanes and tsunamis. How are we to respond to natural disasters? To what have been termed by insurance companies, acts of God. And by the way, I'm dealing with an insurance company right now. Over an act of God performed on my retaining wall and my neighbor's. And fence what are we to respond or how are we to respond verse 2 therefore will not we fear that sounds easier said than done right therefore will we not fear why not at least let's listen to the rationale as to why we are not to fear why not because God will help his church Notice I said his church. Where does it say that? Verse 4. It says, There is a river, the streams whereof shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. Without fleshing this out, let me just say that the city of God is the church. And wherever God is, is the church. And wherever God is in the midst of a group of people that are gathered together is the church. Verse 5, God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. She shall, God shall help her in that right early. In other words, it will always be on time. Do you remember the helpless moment of the disciples in another context of a raging sea? In this case, the Sea of Galilee. Look at Mark 4. 36 through 41. Mark 4, 36 through 41. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him, Jesus, even as he was in the ship, and there were also with him other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind, And the waves beat into the ship, so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And they awake him and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? I don't think they said it the way I said it. I think it was more vociferous. But something to that effect. Don't you care that we're going to die, Lord? And he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly, and said one to another, What manner of man is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? Wow. God was in the midst of them, was he not? And even though Jesus was going to die with them, had he did, had he not done what he did, he was with them. He's even with us unto death. Though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. And so, do you think there is a reason for us not to fear? Of course. During times like these, there may um, be little that we can do. And in fact, those are the situations where God waxes bold, where the, the arm of, of, of his, his right arm of salvation is made bare. Because where can we go? To whom can we go? Who has the words of eternal life? like in uh, 2020 the eruption of Mount Tao. Now I have to mention Philippines because I just happen to be Filipino, okay? And we just came from there so please bear with me. I know it's like a broken record and you'll be seeing pictures about it and you'll probably be thinking why can't this be Costa Rica or some place like that that have beautiful beaches also, right? <laughs> Maybe th- this this is uh this is a, a a cue, you know, like okay, go there and uh, have an experience with God and uh, come back and and we'll we'll, we'll watch your your uh, CD (laughs) this volcano by the way was dormant for 43 years it's considered to be an active volcano but it's dormant that means it's do you remember it uh, those of you who were tracking it with me uh, it was the start of the pandemic or at least it just preceded what finally was the pandemic when it went public I especially remember it because of a relative of mine, an uncle, who fled for dear life. This dear loved one fled the Philippines, and he wasn't even supposed to drive. He had, had his license taken from him, as it were, or at least he was not allowed to drive anymore. He was alone, and he made his way somehow. He made his way out of this area where this volcano was because he was afraid he was going to die. And he made it back to the states where he belongs, where he hadn't been for years because he had been separated from his family. And, and to this day, they're together. And while that memory is not past, that memory has, become, has, got, has gone from bad to good, if you know what I mean. But for the majority of Filipinos who live in the Philippines, where can you go? And especially if that volcano erupted, which it didn't. It only scattered ashes over like a 500-mile radius and made people sick. Ashes falling everywhere. No matter what you try to do to dust, it's endless. And they don't have some of the nice things that we have here, like air filters, you know, to filter out uh, the dust from your house, like what my son has. And no matter what you try to do, you can never... Never keep a clean house for as long as that's happening. We say in, in Tagalog, hirap. Hirap means hard. I have a, a cousin who, who has a, her home in Manila, who whenever it would flood, whenever it would flood in Manila, it always floods in her, in her place, and she has to clean it out because it's, it's low. It's, it's like below sea level. And poor thing, poor thing, talk about hard. And so rather than say hear up and like leave it at that, we, we are better to say RSVP, Lord. In other words, respond, please. Help, you know, SOS, save our souls. Right? And why? For the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. That's why. He's not far away. He is here. He is with us. And he's not going anywhere. When God creates scenarios in our lives, problems, and I, I, I say this often as an intro to counseling, and especially of God's people, I say to them, when God creates this problem for you, this trouble in your life, and, and he's behind it, he creates good and evil for a purpose, one thing you can be sure of He is there with you. And he promises not to leave until it's done. And ultimately, never to leave you nor forsake you for your journey in this life. Second RSVP, verse 8. Come and behold. Oh, come, let us behold him, Christ the Lord. Come and behold the works of the Lord. What desolations he hath made in the earth. We observe what is happening all around us. Calamity. I, I stopped turning on the news. I don't know about you. Sometimes it's so overwhelming. Never mind distracting to what I'm trying to do, and that is to follow Jesus. I'm not saying don't be up to date with current events, by the way. You should be, and especially someone like myself. But to be able to do this, to be able to do this, we need to focus on the Lord. But notice what the Lord says. He says, see what desolations he hath made in the earth. So we are to look around us and be observant. And he's telling us to look at these desolations in wonder because it's, by the hand of God. Just like what happened here in San Diego when we were on vacation in the Philippines. <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> when I got the news that my uh, whole wall came down and, and, and destroyed uh, at least three of my four sheds that were right against that wall, I said to myself, okay, take three deep breaths, you know, and pray. <laughs> and you know what? It, it worked. And actually, there were so many things happening over there that we didn't have time to stop and think about our problems. It was such a blessing in that way. Then there are wars and rumors of wars, it says. He makes wars to cease until the end of the earth. Wars like in the Ukraine, which which are still ongoing. On more than one front. And in the Gaza, in the Middle East. And by the way, I have a, a, a dear loved one who's not, I don't believe is a Christian, but, but we are going at this back and forth as to the rightness of war. And I, I haven't really given him my peace. I've just been too busy. But you know what? The bottom line is that God hates war. That's it. But while there is war, it doesn't stop him from being in the driver's seat, being in control, total control, who is on the throne, and there's only one throne. And so there can only be one sitting on it. We know who it is. And it says in verse 9, He maketh wars to cease unto the ends of the earth. Unto the end of the earth. He breaks the bow. and and cuts the spear in sunder and burns the chariot in the fire. Have any evidence of that? How about the Red Sea, right? God hates war, yet He started one. When Adam and Eve fell away from Him, when Satan took their hearts away, He declared war on the evil one. He says, I will put enmity, Satan, between you and that woman that you tempted away from me, and between my seed and your seed and the one seed amongst all of my seed seeds, Jesus will crush your head. You he will bruise his heel. He will die on the cross, but in the course of, his doing, of your doing that, he will destroy you. That was the war of wars. That was the war to end all wars. And it's not going to stop there because my followers are going to experience warfare even in their homes. Because truthfully, I came not to bring peace first, but a sword first. And so there will be warfare in the home between father and, and son and, and mother and daughter and daughter-in-law against mother-in-law. And, and uh, a man's foes shall be they of his own household. I'm thankful to say that that uh, <clears throat> God turns enemies into friends. And thankfully, in my household, he has done that to a greater extent. And I just praise him for that. People who didn't like my testimony as a Christian, who felt that uh, it was a wrong thing to be a Christian, at least the kind of Christianity that the Bible advocates, which is pretty... Dramatic, (laughs) to say the least. Deny yourself, take up your cross, follow me. If there is nothing more dramatic and more drastic to our way of life, to our lifestyle, than that, I don't know what is. And yet God sends his son on an ambassage of peace, did he not? And when he was born, the angels declared the glory of God on the earth and on earth peace and goodwill toward men. Seems like an oxymoron or, better yet, a paradox. A paradox. And yet we must maintain that God is for peace in the lives of his people. That is one thing for sure. He says, these things I have spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Also, be full of care for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God, and the peace of God that passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So, ultimately, it is peace that God wants for His people. And then a third RSVP, and last but not least... Be still before God. Where do we find that? Let's turn to it, shall we? What verse could be telling us that? Verse what? 10. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen, I will be exalted in the earth, being still. Being still is a necessary part of life, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. It's like the calming of the heart of a, of a little child in, in a storm, right? And that child is, is fearful. Or a sick loved one who is told by his doctor that you only have six months to live. Or comforting your, your parent afflicted with dementia or hallucinations that somehow everything will work out because it is promised, because he has promised. And we know that all things work together for good to them who love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. Recall uh, the children of of God in the wilderness in Exodus 14.3. In Exodus 14.3. What did Moses say to them, in Exodus fourteen thirteen, Fear ye not, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show to you today. For the Egyptians whom you have seen today, ye shall see them again no more, for ever." the Lord shall fight for you and ye shall hold your peace. There we are. There we are. God calls us to be still. Why? So that we may know him. So that we may know him that is true. So that we may know that we are in him that is, that is true. Even in his son, Jesus Christ, he is the true God and eternal life. My little children flee from idols or to use the words of Paul, that was John, that our hearts may, might be comforted, being knit together in love, and unto all riches of the full assurance of understanding, to the acknowledgement of the mystery of God, even of the Father and of Christ, in whom are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Colossians 2, 3, 2 and 3. Being still is the only way that you can know God. How many of you take time to read your Bibles? Good question, huh? How many of you actually make time? Because you're busy. Who isn't, right? It doesn't matter if you're just a housewife. (laughs) And I'm not making fun of housewives. I consider being a housewife, being a mother, a stay-at-home mom, to be the highest calling of womanhood. That's what the Bible says in Titus. You can read it for yourself. I I didn't have that privilege uh, growing up, but you know what? I'm thankful my my kids did. And what a difference that has made in their lives. Anyway, um, how many of you make time? How many of you who are heads of homes actually do that as a practice, as... A, I don't like to use the word ritual, but as a practice, as part of your regimen of family worship around the altar of the Word and prayer. That's the only way that, that, that this will happen. If you're, if you're too busy, you will have the perfect excuse never to do it. But if you understand what The RSVP of God is here. You will be blessed. Do you know that our Savior was still for us? That was the only way he could save us. Yeah. When Jesus went to Calvary, he quieted the wrath of God that was against us, against his people. But for him to do that, to to quiet the wrath of God, he himself had to be still on the cross in order to bear that wrath, in order to to die that death of the cross. It says in John 19.30, When Jesus, therefore, had received the vinegar, he said, It is finished. And he bowed his head and he gave up the ghost. And as you know, he was still for another three days as he laid in the grave. As one poem hymn depicted, Low in the grave he lay, Jesus my Savior, waiting the coming day, Jesus, my Lord. Up from the grave he arose with a mighty triumph over his foes. He arose the victor from the dark domain, and he lives forever with his saints to reign. He arose, he arose. Hallelujah, Christ arose. He did. And he did that so that we might have a new life, so that we might walk in newness of life, so that we may uh, uh, part with the old And take up the new. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. All things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. They're becoming new in the Christian's life. If Jesus was still for you and for me as he was for me, you can can be still for him. He says, and this is the start. This is. Can I say the start and the middle and the end <laughs> when he says in Matthew eleven twenty eight to through thirty uh, the following? This is what it kind of boils down to. If you want one verse that, that says it all, one proof text of of God's command to R S V P him. <clears throat> what does he say? What does our Lord Jesus say? Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you will find rest unto your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The burden that we have to carry for Jesus is so light. Imagine what he carried for us. He carried a cross that is so heavy that even he himself at one point was unable to continue to Calvary and was needing the help of someone else. It is so heavy. What he carried is so heavy. But he had to carry that in order that our cross would be light, so that our burden would be light. And our burden is to live for him. It's not a hard burden in one sense because he's helping us. He is like that uh, fellow ox in the yoke, right? There's a yoke, there's two ox, like two carabao. <laughs> you might have seen that, those carabaos that line the, 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 the roads, you know, where their tall grass after the rain. And uh, that's their lawnmowers, you know. They have natural lawnmowers over there. Goats also. Um, he's the other in the yoke. They help us to carry us through. He's like uh, the one whose footsteps in the sand uh, are right along yours, and all of a sudden they become one. And that's not because you're carrying him, but rather because he is carrying you. Because there are those times. There are those times. And we rest by trusting in Jesus and His precious blood and righteousness. So that when you're safe in his arms, it really doesn't matter what happens all around you. It doesn't. Though the heathen rage, though the kingdoms are moved, just remember, all it takes is one word. He brought everything into existence with one word. With one word, he could cause it all to cease. He uttered his voice, the earth melted. And one natural act of God is all it takes to get people's attentions off of their problems and onto that problem, right? But the goal is from there to there is the goal. From the horizontal to the vertical is where we need to be. Be still and know that I am God. I'm going to read you something. uh, It's called The Difference. Um, I got up early one morning And rushed right into the day. I had so much to accomplish that I didn't have time to pray. Problems just tumbled about me, and heavier came each task. Why doesn't God help me? I wondered. He said, But you didn't ask. But you didn't ask. I wanted to see joy and beauty, but the day toiled on, gray and bleak. I wondered why God didn't show me. He said, But you didn't seek. I tried to come into God's presence. I used all my keys at the lock. God gently and lovingly chided, my child, you didn't knock. I woke up early this morning and paused before entering the day. I had so much to accomplish that I had to take time to pray. is that beautiful? I didn't make that up. <laughs> but I tell you, what a blessing it is. Augustine of Hippo once said the following, Thou hast made us for thyself, O Lord, and our heart is restless until it finds its rest in thee. Amen. God is our refuge and strength, our present help in trouble. He is our RSVP helper. Selah him, selah him. Come and behold him. And the wonderful, marvelous works he does. And be still and know that he is God. Shall we pray? Oh, Father in heaven, I pray that you would help us to do just that one thing. And that is to take time to be in your presence and to practice the presence of God. And the more we do, the more we will benefit and benefit in ways that we never realized that we could, and especially in our relationship to you. And Lord, thank you. Thank you for your being our God. In Jesus' name,